Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's got to 2-2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go, and here's Ozil. Lacazette, Ozil! Go! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm joined by uh, a German Dan. Nigerian Dan, German Dan. German. As a German, as a German Dan. Yes, it's, it's going all right. It's going all right. Running smooth. At the moment. Yeah. Smooth. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. them Germans do. That's what them Germans <laughs> do. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Uh, Sean, how you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, all good, man. Tired. Um, yeah, as per usual, but yeah, all good. Yeah. Man. You finished bitching about your son, yeah? <laughs> Nah, it never stops. <laughs> never stops. But yeah, I'm good, man. And we got the doctor in the building. How you doing, Leroy? Well, I was just offering these lot like vasectomies for like a discounted price. Yeah. Um, Sharon was complaining because I'm setting up a new venture. So yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm going to be Ian. Do you want to? Is this basically an ad on Touching Goonies? Oh, sorry, it? have I not paid you for it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, the big man's got eight, you know. Yeah, all right, cool. You'll, you'll get that little side piece in a minute. All right, cool, cool, cool. Because I know you, I know you, uh, I know you doctors, you, you, you charge an arm and a leg. Boy, I don't know. That's how you that. get, that's how you be uh, affording those Hugo Boss shoes that you. <laughs> you <wear. laughs> 
69 pound on on discount i'd have you know um, yeah, I'm actually quite proud of myself, but yeah. Sorry for another day. Sorry for another day. Uh, before we start, make sure to follow us on all our platforms. So uh, we've got Touchy Gooders on uh, on Twitter. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like. Um, Patreon. We've got a lot of Patreon content coming for you guys. So um, yeah, we've been quiet last few weeks, but listen, we need we need some cooling off time, man. It's been a it's been a tough road. It's been a tough season. We, we, we took a, a brief hiatus, a little break, but, you know, there's so much transfer stuff to get through these days. So um, sometime this week, we are going to be doing a team building Patreon piece. So if you aren't signed up to the Patreon yet, get signed up. You can sign up for as little as £3 a month. And we're going to be in a, doing a nice team building piece where we're all going to go through the squad with a fine comb. And we're going to talk about who we should sell, who, sh- who we should buy what positions need strengthening, all these things. So it's going to be a jam-packed Patreon piece uh, that will be released sometime this week. So stay tuned to uh, our Twitter and our Patreon page uh, uh, for more information on that. What we're going to be doing today is a uh, a season review. We haven't done one yet. The season's been over... Well, the season's been over for about eight months really and truly but uh you know we're gonna <laughs> we need to we need to cap the season off with a with a bit of a review so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna structure it in a way where we're gonna go through the seasons in 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 uh four parts essentially um so the first part we're gonna start with is you know how jubilant we were feeling coming into this into uh this season around like what this time last year, and actually no, because we were in the midst of a pandemic with football cancelled this time last year. But maybe around like, uh, when did we win the FA Cup? Was that in July, was it? Was it Was it end of July, start of August, I think. Start of August, was it? Yeah. So around that time, we were thinking, oh, do you know what? Uh, we're onto something with Arteta here, you know. We, we just won the FA Cup um, uh, with good performances against Man City and, and Chelsea. Um, in the summer, you know, we were linked to some really tasty players, right? And we, we end up getting one of them, or, well, two of them. Um, you know, we, we were we were quite excited about the business that um, that we potentially could be doing. Um, <clears throat> and we all did our, our predictions at the start of the season, didn't we? We all, we all, uh, we, we all did the, uh, I think we did the, the, the prediction show as well prior to the transfer window ending. I think, did we do another prediction show after that as well? I can't remember if we did, but we all did our predictions and where we would finish in the league and whatnot. And um, I think it's safe to say that all of us had, a, everyone had, uh, everyone had us in the top six at the bare minimum, right? I don't, I don't think anyone had us outside the top six, did they? No. Even, even Leroy, who uh, is negativity merchant, had us sixth, right? I'd like to think I'm a realist, to be honest. And to be honest, I like to think I'm right most of the time as well. So, um, well, compared you to like to think of what, and what you do think is, uh, you know, and the, the truth are two different things, you know? I, I also said sixth um, as well. And, and I remember people in the group chat were getting on to me. They were like, why are you being so, so negative? And I just said relative to um, our you know, our direct rivals, we just didn't have enough quality. And obviously, naturally, I mean, it's weird because obviously we only actually finished six points off fourth, even despite mm-hmm. how bad the season was. But I still think 
we were probably it's weird because obviously there's a dis- discourse around obviously whether Arteta got as much as possible as he could out of the players but I think in terms of our actual quality we weren't f- that far off our, our max currently in my opinion anyway so because I don't think we're a top four side so yeah yeah so so it was interesting seeing those predictions and um you know ha- I think we were all reasonably happy with the signings we did make. Um, obviously, other than William, William was the the one at the, the very first sign. Hopefully, we don't get a first signing like that, um, like that this summer. But obviously, William first came in first, and then it was uh, Gabriel. Am I right in saying Gabriel was second, and Thomas Partey was the third one? Did we sign anyone else? Well, Sabayos so so on loan, your boy. Yeah, well, let's say that about that the better. Let's say about that the better. But um, Dan, I guess we'll start. Let's start with you. What were your expectations going into the season based on the on the business that we did, and what was your thought process behind sixth? And also, did you um, did you uh, was this season far off from what you predicted initially? Is that me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. Oh, You're right. Dan. No, Sorry, I, you forgot your name. No, no, no. It, it went it went out um, oh. when, when you said the name there still. I was just, uh, I was hoping it, I, I didn't miss my own name. But, yeah, um, I think I actually had us fifth. You know, I'm just looking at the... Touch yeah, you tried to sneak a sixth there. You tried to sneak yeah. a sixth. I had, I had us fifth. Um, and, boy, I mean, this season, it couldn't have been further from what I was expecting, you know. Um, I feel like going into the season... I think that the best we could have hoped for was a Europa League um, finish. I felt like there was too much firepower um, in a number of teams above our city. I expected Liverpool to be a lot stronger than they were. Um, I expected um, Chelsea uh, to be there. I thought they signed quite a few um, good attacking players. Um, and I actually thought uh, Spurs um, would, would get that final um, top four spot. Um, based on, you know, the fact that all of these teams have or had on paper more goals in the team. Um, you know, I think Lacazette had a very, very bad season last year. Ten league goals, the lowest he's ever scored um, for us. And I thought, you know, if Aubameyang's the only one clapping goals, then we wouldn't have enough. So, you know, based on that, I thought we needed another attacking player. I thought we needed both um, our and party. That was something that I was very adamant about Um during the, the the transfer window, that if we were to, you know, tr- make a push for that top four, we needed both. And without both, um, I didn't think it was going to happen. With all of that said, um, and seeing how the season actually did transpire, which I'm sure we're going to get onto, um, this season is probably the worst season I've ever seen um, from our Arsenal team. I know we finished on more points than we did last year, but, you know, for me, it was just an absolute shambles. Um, from almost from start to finish. And I think there was a, a middle period there where we, we did have some encouraging signs, but, you know, the, the the start of the season, the way we started it and the way, you know, we sort of let it fall apart um, as well was just nothing short of a disgrace, personally. Mm. It, it, it was an interesting um, start to the season as well, because I think we we won the, uh, the uh, Community Shield against Liverpool, didn't we? And then um, I think we won our first two games um, against Fulham and, you know, 
the, the Fulham opening day game 3 0. You know, it wasn't the greatest performance, but we won pretty comprehensively. And we were thinking, well, I don't know if, if everyone's thinking, but you know, it was it was it was bright signs, you know, it was bright signs. Then we scraped a win against West Ham. Um, Leroy, what was you thinking? After the first, you know, three games and seeing um, seeing our transfer business, uh, what, what had been done so far, what, was you was you still um, was you still justified in your uh, decision making on on choosing sixth, or was you thinking, uh, or maybe we could actually mount a challenge for top four here? Nah, I mean, from my from my from what I remember, I was just still thinking, especially with the West Ham game, because that was a game that we won by the skin of our teeth. And I was thinking, we still don't look like we we can score goals. Fulham, they looked abysmal in that game, and we were like, they were going straight back down. So I wasn't really getting too excited at that point. I was looking at us, thinking, oh, I just we just need party back. <laughs> Simple as we needed some more presence in midfield, um, and I just felt we need we really like needed our as well, and we needed that creative option because when when I when we watch us under Arteta, especially in the back end of last season, you know, this season, even though we played okay against bigger teams, we just looked turgid. We just looked stale. We didn't look like we could really cut teams open and create chances at will, which we've always done. And I felt that that was our Achilles heel. We just didn't have enough goals and firepower in the team. Um, so I didn't really change my view, um, even though we won 3-0 in the first game and we like won by the skin of our teeth against West Ham. I was still pretty, um, I wasn't getting too carried away at that point. What what about when Partey come in? You st- did you? I'm trying to remember what everyone's opinions were. I mean, we were all excited about the Partey sign. I believe Partey came in after the uh, West Ham game. When when did he come in? I can't even remember when he bloody came in. Was it like his debut was the Leicester game, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we still had a few games before Partey come in. Um, Sean, similar to you. Um, Given that we won three of our first games in the league, were you starting to, you know, think, oh, maybe we could do something this season? Or, you know, what, was you still adamant would, would be in that uh, discussion for sixth place? Yeah, I, I tend to side with Leroy. Like, it was great. And like, I look back, you know, I feel like people probably overhyped the FA Cup and Community Shields, which while they were great to win, um, you know, from the project restart last season till... Um, December, I just thought the football was, was very, very turgid. It wasn't creating a lot of chances. Arteta had obviously put a structure in place, which meant we were hard to break down. Um, we had specific methodical ways of attacking, but it didn't lend itself to you know a high volume of chance creation. Um, and I partly put that down to the system, but also just partly just down to a lack of quality as well. So um, I, I wasn't infused. And, and like I said, even though we had a decent start, it just wasn't sustainable because we were just never a team that looked like scoring. Um, Leroy references that West Ham game and we were outplayed for large, large parts of that game. Um, large, large parts. And we only got the win by the skin of our teeth at the end. Um, Fulham hadn't really signed anyone by the time we had smashed them early on. So they improved a lot later into the season. So, yeah, I just, I, I, I wasn't buying it. I really, I really wasn't, wasn't buying it. You know, it's, it's similar to Embry in terms of what you're seeing isn't necessarily, I mean, what, what's being produced isn't necessarily a result of what you're actually seeing, do you know what I mean? So it didn't look sustainable and ultimately that proved to be the case. Yeah, we also struggled against Sheffield United. I think that was the game where did we bring uh, 
Pepe on brought Pepe on at half time. Yeah, we were, yeah, yeah. We we won we won that game two one, but that was another because I think that was one of the first times we we moved to a back four mm. after half because we we had played a back three a lot, but it just I think yeah to, to the point we just didn't really look like scoring that much with a back three, and um, we had about a yeah. ten minute spell in that game where it looked. <laughs> Great. <laughs> better, yeah, better. But um, but yeah, again, it was, uh, and bearing in mind how bad Sheffield United have been the whole season, it wasn't great against them either. So, yeah. So then after the Sheffield United game, that's where, you know, uh, alarm bells really started to ring. Um, we managed to get our, you know, business done. We, I, we were all hoping, you know, we would sign an attacking player before the, the deadline Um before the deadline came, but we, we, we managed to get Thomas Partey over the line. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about Thomas Partey and individuals a bit later on. Um, we had two losses in a row where we we, we uh, lost to Man City away, which I, I really remember that game because I felt like we were in the game, but it was we were scared. We were scared to attack them and we, we didn't do enough in that second half. It was a really tight game, I thought. Um, and that that was alarm bells to me. Uh, and then we obviously lost to Leicester at home, where you know Leicester didn't do anything for the whole game, and then you know Vardy just uh, d- did what Vardy does and just turns up with the uh, with the winning goal late on. But again, another game where we monopolised possession, but we just didn't do anything with the ball. No chance created. So alarm bells were certainly signalling at, at, at this point. And then obviously we went away to Old Trafford, and we got probably our result of the season right um it when you when you think about it going away to man united who um have been pretty decent this season in terms of results and getting a one nil win there i guess at the time i was thinking maybe this could be the turning point do you guys remember the discussions of oh maybe party and el nenny is the partnership going forward and um you, you know people were saying this is this is the this is the partnership that needs to happen. They complement each other. Um, Dan, what was your what was your thoughts um, heading out of that Man United game and uh, obviously seeing Partey against Leicester? It didn't quite work for him in that. Um, I think we played a midfield three that game with Savas and Xhaka, and then we obviously saw the Partey and El Nenny partnership. How how was you feeling um, after that Man United game? Yeah, I think it was definitely positive, right? So like. Um, I think that game was the first time we we sort of did a high press all season. I think we tried it a little bit um, against Man City. They played through our press. And that's obviously um, how they got their goal uh, in that game with Sterling at the other end. But then I think, you know, in that that United game, we were really front-footed. And I thought that was, you know, going to be more of a blueprint for... Um, the rest of the season. We didn't create that many clear-cut chances. I think Willian hit the bar. Um, I think Pepe might have had another, a couple that went um, just wide, if I'm remembering the game correctly. But, you know, um, I didn't think it was... Um, it was like a, a, a perfect performance, but I definitely came out of that feeling positive, you know. Um, all of the videos of Aubameyang doing his dance, this, that and the other... Um, and it was definitely, yeah, definitely something I thought we could build on. Um, but, you know, I think in the next game, if if I'm not mistaken, we played the exact same lineup um, and got pammed to dust by um, Aston, Villa, Aston Villa, you know. Um, 
they 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 literally took us to pieces. You know, I think that's probably the one game this season where I could say we com- we were completely outclassed for the full ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 that was just you know I think a big reality check as to where we were. Um, was all season in the group chat we've been saying we're, we're we're lacking creativity, this that and the other. We were trying to find green shoots. Um, where we could, you know, I think that Leicester game we were saying, you know, that's the best we looked that first half, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even though that in itself wasn't great to watch, um, you know, and we lost that match, um, probably unfortunately, um, but we still we still lost that match, and so I think that Aston Villa game was probably the biggest reality check that wow, we're, we might be um, in big trouble here if teams come and they can run past us, run us off the pitch. Um, and I think Party got injured for in the Aston Villa game in that in that second half as well, right? So, um, so everything was just yeah, it was doom and gloom, man. It was real doom and gloom um, at that that point uh, in time. Yeah, yeah. It's um, obviously after the Man United game, we had won our first won four of our first three games, in which was quite a difficult start. Playing like uh, Liverpool, Man United, Leicester, Man City, it was a difficult start, and I, I remember it kind of excusing Arteta at the start of the season, kind of thing, thinking, well, it has been a tough start. We've got four victories. Um, we've lost to the teams that probably you know we we probably would have expected to get a result against Leicester City, but at the same time we we weren't really expecting to go to Old Trafford and get results, right? The results were kind of panning out how I thought they would pan out. But then, Leroy, we got to the Aston Villa game and that is when everything just all fell apart. So what do you think went wrong in this um, spell between, let's see, the 8th of November to the next time we won a game was the 26th of um, December, so what do you think went wrong during this period where we scored like one, oh. two, three, three goals during oh that period? God. Was it that long? Yeah. That is disgusting. Oh, my God. Wenger is Baba Wenger. That is bastardized his legacy. Three goals in seven games. No no wins in seven games. Oh, hideous. And that was international breaks as well. Yeah. Oh, hideous. Anyway, I just feel like... We weren't a very good team anyway. So it, all the games that we had were very, very marginal. So everything was on fine margins. But we won, we won on fine margins. We lost, we lost on fine margins. So when everything is so fine, you don't have much room for error. And then obviously the confidence factor plays a big part to that. So because everything was so fine, things weren't going our way. We lost confidence and we just got into a rut. Because we got into a rut, a lot of teams had their tails up against us after this all Villa literally just run through us. And I just feel that we just, with the confidence factor, we just couldn't we couldn't buy a win. Um, the biggest problem was our creativity, which has been the, one of the biggest problems under Arteta from, from um, day one. Um, and without any creative force in the team, he, he was losing confidence in himself, chopping and changing, trying to find a system that worked. And he couldn't, he tried Lacazette 10, tried all, tried all sorts of stuff. <clears throat> but it just didn't work. So I just feel that was it. And then... Um, when we brought ESR into the team, that kind of semi-solved a little bit around the creative issue. Um, and also, I do feel the factor is as well, because we started to get such bad results, a lot of the older players, they started to check out. I think this is when the rumour of the David Louise and Willian coup was, was rampant, because you could see the older players kind of started to check out and stop running, especially up top. Um, William doesn't run anyway, but a lot of them stopped running. So when we brought in the younger players who were fresher, one, he solved the creative element with ESR 
just being a creative type player anyway with his movement, his technical ability, and just the way he conducts himself in the 10 roll. And number two, he just brought on three players that are going to run. Like, got, I think Marcelli was involved in that first game. He was just running constantly, the one we won against Chelsea. Um, obviously, ESR was doing his thing, running constantly. Saka was doing his thing, running constantly. And I think just that brought us the win. And then it, we had the upturn in confidence, and upturn in, uh, which then coincided with an upturn in form. <clears throat> yeah. The, you see that whole period, Sean? That whole period is like a bit of a blur to me, right? From that that 3-0 against Villa to uh, up right up into the Chelsea game. they all It all feels like the same game. A, re- a really long game three months of, of football or whatever it was, however long it was. Like, um, what was the most disappointing result in that sequence of, of games for you? And what, what was the game that, you know, really worried you? I, I, and, and at any point were you really worried about, because there was all this thing going on about, oh, you know, I think we were 15th at one point. So was were you ever worried that, you know, we could be in real trouble? We, we think eight is, is bad, but, uh, you know, we were way lower. No, no, I always thought, I mean, results would end up stabilising themselves, which it eventually did. Um, but I, I think one of the things that alarmed me most, um, you know, when we first got Arteta, he was described, you know, if we follow all his athletic, athletic articles, that he was a problem solver. Do you know what I mean? And, and we often spoke about cool um, internal solutions, you know, doing X, doing Y, do you know what I mean? Like, I, using Willock as a 10, we all know that Joe, Joe Willock's not a 10. Um, we all know it, um, station him better, um, deeper, so he can run into the box, either, either as a pivot or in a midfield three. You know, he used him there, he used Lacazette there, um, and and that's, and, and you know, Lacazette's not a 10 either, he doesn't see the play quick enough, he doesn't move it quickly enough. Um, and obviously, as the seasons had transpired, we've seen that even someone like Saka can play as a 10. So, you know, when we talk about internal solutions, like he just, I felt like part of one of his biggest issues was that he trusted some some of the senior players way too much. He gave them way too much attention um, than, than they needed. Like Arsenal needed a real dose of, like you saw what, when um, the other guys eventually did come in, a real dose of just like athleticism, freshness, people who would, because Early on in the season, we just looked slow, you know. Just when you know when you watch Arsenal, we just looked slow, lethargic compared to like a lot of the other teams who are just very, very energetic, very pressy, um, dominate you territorially. We just looked like we were stuck between a halfway house, and it, and that was one of my things with Artes. It didn't look like he was either picking a team for the future or a team to win now. So it just it was the approach was a bit haphazard. We weren't attacking well. We weren't. I mean. We weren't defending badly, but it's not like we we, we we left a lot to be desired. You know, I mean, we were losing to teams that we hadn't lost. I mean, this season, the amount of records that have gone at the Emirates, like teams we have, we lost to Burnley at home. Don't remember the last time we've ever lost to Burnley. Lost to Leicester at home. Don't remember the last time we've ever lost to Leicester. <laughs> let Wolves do the double. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let Wolves do the double over us. That's pretty much never I happened. Ever, I think Everton did the double yeah, over yeah. us. Yeah, so do you know what I mean? Teams have literally bastardised us both home and away this season. So I think that's that's really, really bad. And I think for all of Arsenal's faults um, over the years, even though you could say we weren't great defensively, one of the things Arsenal have always been good at is just scoring goals. Um, and we scored 24 goals at home all season. And I think that's that's abhorrent, do you know what I mean? So, and and that that that's pretty much, I mean, that period between November and December is pretty much what cost us the season, basically. Mm. Mm. And it upset me that he, you know, he just didn't, 
stumble across any solutions earlier you know you know when we talk about and i'm sure this is probably the next point we're going to get on to you know that there's discourse about how early should esr been introduced because you know around this time he was playing europa league games do you know what i mean so um but he wasn't trusted in the league so and i felt like that december game against chelsea was like almost like a last roll of the dice because i think everyone expected us that game to get pummeled against chelsea so it was that was a real shock when all of that turned up and it happened so i was happy that esr got a start but i was all i was also kind of like a bit tepid as in you know what a game to throw him into for his first premier league start of the season do you know what i mean so but um it was great for him and he, has, he hasn't looked back since so yeah go on dan i was gonna say like i think that like if we just think back to that period right like I just feel like he wasn't really doing enough to get us goals, you know. Um, I think it's something that, remember, they were saying, you know, they were making that joke that our goal of the month um, was going to be that penalty at Old Trafford, you know, <laughs> because we, we didn't score, I think we didn't score an open play goal for five games, right? Um, yeah. and, I'm looking, and I'm looking at it now and I'm like, Nicolas Pepe, I think he got, set, he got the red card against Leeds so he couldn't play three of them games, but... Um, you know, if you're looking at the the, the 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 games that he did start, I think he started four of our first, you know, 19 matches, right? Mm. And if you're thinking about, if you put our squad down on paper, who who are going to score you the goals, Pepe's probably the top top two or top three on that list um, on paper, and he wasn't playing any games for Willian, um, a guy who I think is his biggest league return um He's been single, single, single digits, you know, over his whole Chelsea career. So, you know, I think it, that William signing and the sort of the reluctance to take him out of the starting lineup for the first half of the season is is really, really, really co- been really, really costly. To be honest, it's, I think with foresight and with hindsight, that was a signing we should never ever have made, right? And I think, you know, it just shows that these guys, they didn't really have a plan about how they wanted us to play this season. Because, you know, you look at Saka and how he was receiving the ball between the lines um, on that left-hand side. First half of the season, he didn't play at all on that right-hand side, I, I think, until the the Chelsea, ma- uh, the Chelsea match when Martinelli was introduced. But you're looking at it and being like, well, you have someone there who is a really good finisher in Nicolas Pepe. So if you're getting these half chances... Why would you not play him? And he was scoring in the Europa League as well. Um, I don't want to beat him over the head too much um, because I don't think anyone anticipated, um, you know, Willock um, having such a, 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 a mad scoring run to the end of the season. But, you know, when Willock was trusted to play, you're playing him out of position where he doesn't really have that ability to arrive late in the box. You know, um, and he is someone also who could have provided goals from midfield, maybe not to the level um, that he has at Newcastle, but in a team where, you know, we're not scoring many goals, you know, that is something that he could have tried. But instead he was playing him um, false nine in in some games and played him as a number 10. Um, And we wondered why he didn't um, show too much. So I think that first half of the season, Arteta really struggled to get a grip with, the players that he had at his disposal and, and figuring out what type of players they are. Um, and I think as a manager, that's a big, big issue to have, that you have these players, you're working with these players, and you don't really know how best to utilise them for over half a season. 
Yeah. uh, Did you guys have any sympathy at all with, you know, the options that, you know, Arteta had to had to work with? Because and I get your point about Pepe, um, but none of us were really hot on Pepe. Dan, I guess you still had a few stocks left on him. Me and Leroy were completely done with Pepe. I know Sean is a silent silent stockholder on Pepe still. Okay, so I don't know how he was feeling really inside. But and I, I do understand that the Pepe stuff. But uh, at the start of the season, I weren't really yearning for Pepe to start. I had seen enough last season and I thought, yeah, you know, I, I think it's more of a hindsight thing, the Pepe thing now, because we've seen that maybe he, you know, when he has started this season, he has scored goals. Can, can we put... Any real blame on Arteta for not starting him as much in the first half of the season, given what Pepe threw up last season? Um, I think, I, I, I personally, I, I do. I don't think it's a hindsight thing because when we when we talked about signing William, no one thought William was going to take Pepe's spot True. in the starting lineup, right? Um, and when we saw, I even had an argument about Dan Soff about it. Yeah, and when we saw, and when we saw the haram that William was putting up. Everyone was calling for this guy to be to be gone, mm. you know. So I think at the time people were not high up on Pepe, but I think people also admitted that William should not have been playing games at the time, you know. So even if you didn't want to play um, Pepe, you still had um, Reese Nelson there that um, that was playing well in the League Cup and in Europa League as well, and he wasn't getting any minutes, and which was also um quite odd considering that that was someone that Arteta really bigged up last year when he first got the job I think he started like his first two games started against Chelsea at home um acquitted himself decently so you know I feel like Nelson is is definitely a funny situation I don't really understand why um we've seen so little of him but yeah I'll let other people that man's going on on, uh, going to fucking Olympiacos bro (laughs) what the fuck is going on there uh yeah all right Leroy let's let's get on to um because you started talking about the the Chelsea game and, and what what was the the catalyst for changing that game? Do you think and and you know essentially, uh, listen, I don't want to do this whole since Xmas stuff because we can we can really paint a positive light on the season by doing the whole since since Xmas stuff. But we have seen is very it's a very noticeable difference in results. Maybe not so much performances, but certainly in results from uh from this Chelsea game which was game week 15 so what was the catalyst to for change from that game to uh you know maybe for the rest of the season I mean I think the catalyst is really simple and pretty obvious so not to draw it out it's bringing a creator into the team in ML Super and then later bringing Odegaard in as well um it's Arteta stop doing overthinking doing Tinkerman and having our players dropping into the left half space and this low side of formation playing a flat 4-2-3-1 and keeping it simple. And it's having players that want to actually run for the team rather than Willian, who is literally the biggest actor I've ever seen in my life. That guy will pretend he's running and he's not doing anything. People called Ozil fake, yeah? Yeah, no, Willian's worse. Worst. He's the worst. So I feel like having people that actually run in terms of ESR, Saka and and Martinelli intermittently, which that's what triggered it off in the first start of the game, but then he got taken out of the team. Um, I feel that that was it, pretty much. Um, and it was literally as simple as that. And then Arteta being a bit more, like, traditional and stop trying to be too clever. Mm. From from that Chelsea win, that was obviously a very impressive um, performance by us. Um, 
we we went on to win a few more games after that. We beat Brighton, which was an uh, an impressive win by all counts um, because Brighton are a decent side. Then we had a great performance against West Brom where we beat them 4-0. Disappointing draw against Palace where we kind of seemed to regress back to what we had been doing. But then we beat Newcastle 3-0 and we beat Southampton 3-1. I think we had the draw against Man United. Do you... Um, Dan, I think it was at this kind of stage now where uh, you were getting into some debates about uh, the the football Arsenal were playing and how good a a team we were at that current point in time. Do you think you overdid it a little bit? Um, Nah, to be honest, I actually don't think I did, but people, people wanted to make out that I did. I feel like my statements they were quite measured in what I was saying um, I don't think I was second, I second was, best football team second best uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, said, I said I think we are playing the second best football at that time right mm-hmm. and, 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 and for me obviously I just say what I see you know I was watching the teams around I think Leicester were playing Leicester were playing poorly I think Chelsea were playing poorly I wasn't really too impressed by what I was seeing under Tuchel um Initially, I thought they were very, very boring um, to watch. Liverpool were in turmoil. Um, Spurs were playing awful, awful stuff. I don't think West Ham were very um, particularly enticing enticing to watch. But people took that as me saying, you know, oh, yeah, we're the second best team in the league, this, that and the other. So, you know, that's that was my statement. And, and I don't think I was, I was um, taking it too far. I think we were playing some nice stuff. Um, and I think it continued on um, for a few games. You know, I think there was a good, a good win against Leicester. Um, a good win against Spurs. I think we played well um, against Burnley, um, despite the draw, Jaffa kicking the ball um, into his own net. Um, and the Aston Villa game where we lost, I think we were really, really dominant in that compared, if you want to compare that to the Villa the game we spoke the about. game as well, I think. Yeah, we were a bit unlucky the first in. half and then obviously the David Luiz uh, red card. Um, and if you compare that Villa match to the other Villa match where we went one behind, um, and couldn't get any anything of the ball even after that. I thought we played really well um, to try and come back, and we probably just missed the final pass um, in that game. So I, I I know what people like to do, and they want to make out that you were being you know over the top this that and the other. But I think for maybe a, a period of about you know ten to twelve games, I think the football we were actually playing was really really good. Um, actually, let, let me not go too far. It was good, right? Um, but I hear what people have said about, you know, um, it's only for limited periods. It's not for the full game. That's why we can't get the results and that and the other. Um, but for me, I think that's more, you know, around the personnel profiles that we have, um, the lack of athleticism that we have in the, in the team and the lack of finishes. Um, I think most teams have periods in the game where they're on top. I don't think anyone's dominant for a full 90 minutes. But what you find is that, you know, a team like Man United, when they're on top, they'll slap in three goals and the game's done. So, you know, the other team don't really get an opportunity to, to come back. When we're on top, we maybe score one goal. Um, oftentimes this season, we don't even score. Um, so so that's a real um, issue for us, is that when we are on top, you know, we, we, we weren't able to put teams to the sword. And I think that's what we saw um, with the results of those, of those performances. 
Mm. Sean, was you as impressed with the football we were playing as Dan was, um, you know, from that period from, you know, Boxing Day up until it was probably around the Spurs game, I think Dan, you, uh, Dan may have made that shout. Was it around that time, Dan, around after beating Spurs? Mute, you're on mute. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Spurs, the Spurs game, and then um, we went international break, and then we got all the injuries and malaria and mm. all that stuff, and it just messed up the flow. Mm. Shots, Do you think um, Dan had a credible argument there to say, you know, we we were playing some good stuff and we were showing some encouraging signs? You're on mute as well. We're all, we're all <laughs> mute, lads. We're all on mute. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think it was, it was better, but obviously, albeit it, it's hard to assess because it was from obviously from a very, very low bar. Um, do you know what I mean? So, and I feel like now we've got, we've got a blueprint because obviously we've seen Arteta use. He first did use the four-two-three-one when he came, and he's obviously now reverted back to it. So, it, this might be the staple basis of what he plans to go forward with. Um, and it is still very, very structured, even though it is obviously on paper a four-two-three-one. Um, the pivot never gets ahead of the ball. Um, there are certain ways in terms of they, they cover the spaces. You know, when we've spoken about, you guys have spoken about um, getting someone going forward from midfield. Arteta doesn't really like that. So they're there for ball progression and to cover the wide spaces in transition. So um, there's a lot of reliance on the front four to get goals. Um, so that obviously will be a challenge going forward. Do you know what I mean? So if he's going to be very reliant on that front four, he's going to need to get more match winners. I don't know if obviously our young players develop into that or if he's going to go and buy externally, but that will be obviously a challenge for him next season to score more goals and get Arsenal creating a higher volume of chances. Um, and obviously that could be done from a myriad of ways, but um, the way he, he set up at the moment is, I, I have doubts over it. Um, I think generally, yeah, I think it's okay. Um for some people, it, it's good because there's an element of there's a decent element of control to it. But for me, I, I feel like I've watched too many games this season where there's just there are passages of, of you know possession. I've seen like you know I feel like there's a pattern of you know we start games or the first twenty minutes it looks good, but then from like minute thirty to minute seventy, <laughs> there's basically no shot on goal. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's like it's okay we have a lot of the ball but I don't feel like we're putting teams under enough pressure under enough duress to te- the best teams it's just death by shots death by like you know what I mean these teams that are above us aren't there because you know they have one shot and score one goal like each game do you know what I mean these teams are pamming like 15 20 shots a goal a game like when you see when you watch Liverpool and you see like Salah Salah's just slapping like five six shots a goal like he's not scoring a lot because he's a clinical finisher it's just a high volume do you know what I mean he's just getting himself into positions to have shots time and time again so I just feel like we need to Arteta needs to find that balance in in terms of obviously being strong structurally but also making sure we're a team that takes risks do you know what I mean because I think that would probably be my biggest criticism of him at the moment that I still think he's a tad risk averse I just don't think Arsenal take enough risks especially in the final third now whether that's um, down to the personnel um, or or whether that's just down to him is probably a mix of both so um, recruitment will, will probably dictate a lot of maybe how it looks next season so but obviously we need a we need a lot more in that, sh- in that um aspect yeah um lero did you take any encouragement from this upturn in form and you know when you look at the league table i think dan you mentioned that i think we only finished uh, six points off the top four or maybe sean said that um do you take any encouragement from our end to the season? You know, obviously winning five games on a bounce, 
our form since Christmas. And, you know, do you, do you, is it possible to look at that blip um, around like November, October times as like a, a bit of a freak situation that couldn't occur again? Do you take any encouragement from the latter part of the season going into next season? And, no, uh, no. you know, okay. No, because okay. when I watch the team, it doesn't, still doesn't feel like, oh, yeah, this is a good team and they're just getting, having bad luck or anything. The games still feel very close. The games still feel that everything's on fine margins. And when I watch the better teams, the teams above us, even teams like Leicester, they do a lot better job at controlling football matches and being decisive. And I, I'm actually even more concerned because I feel like those teams are pulling away from us rather than us getting closer. And I really look at our squad and I look at our players and I... Our first 11, at least, the, the, what we could put out, it should be competing with them, most of them. It really should. It's not as bad as people say. So, um, yeah, I don't really take anything from it at all. I feel like if anything, we're still underachieving from a performance perspective. Yeah, it's even, even that the five-game winning streak, I'm kind of looking back at it now. And, um, you know, these five games at, at, at the end where we, you know, it's, it's probably put a more of a... Uh, a shine on our season that we don't really deserve if that's if that makes sense you know it's brought us closer to finishing you know we uh, by um i think when we lost to when we drew to fulham i think we all kind of accepted well you know this isn't we're, we're not going to get anything this season we know europa league europa league is going to be out of the out of the um out of the equation um i don't think any of us really had any faith in us to winning the europa league or, or anything like that um, and th- those five wins, they weren't exactly convincing. You know, the, the Newcastle win was probably the most convincing win out of all of them. Um, the West Brom one, we scored three fantastic goals. Um, the Chelsea one, we got battered for 95% of the game. Palace was tight, but we managed to nick it, same as Brighton. So no- nothing to me has really changed. It just seems like, whereas earlier on in the season, the games were tight, we couldn't score. And we, we weren't really taking our chance. Well, not that we weren't taking our chance. We just weren't efficient with the small amount of chances we were getting. In those in, in, in those latter five games, I felt like, you know, Pepe was scoring weldies. Um, Willian was scoring weldies. You know, it, it, everything was just clicking. And I feel like that's just the variance in... in th- that's what XG shows you really and truly is that over the course of the season, yeah, fine, you might not take your chances in certain games there, but it kind of balances out across the season um, where, uh, you know, you're going to have a spell where everything you shoot on goal is get, is going to go in essentially. So it is difficult to uh, analyse. Um, I just want to touch on the Europa League um, before we wrap things up. Um, if I had said to you guys before the start of the season, we'd get to a semi-final of the Europa League and um, be bounced out by... Villarreal. Um, <clears throat> how would you have thought about that at the start of the season? Would uh, you know? That, it, to me, I, I would have said 100% Arteta should be out of the building if if that were to occur this season. So, um, Dan, what 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 do, what was your? Uh, how would you summarize the Europa League campaign? Yeah, I think the fact we didn't make the final. Um, is a pretty sackable offence um, for me. Um, I don't think I understand when people say um, you shouldn't, you know, 
judge managers' future based on, you know, cup competitions, anything can happen, those kind of things, da 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 But if you couple that with how we have performed in the league and how we went out in the cup, um, I think you've got more than enough grounds, you know, that this is the biggest game of your season. And my man essentially played two t- formations and two teams that he'd never played before um, in, in, in both legs. You know, playing uh, Emil Smith-Rowe as a false nine and all this, that and the other, you know, I just think it's uh, it's pretty inexplicable. Um, playing Xhaka um, at left-back, playing Ceballos in centre-mid after, you know, you've seen all pretty much all of Ceballos's, um last performances in an Arsenal shirt were, um, were uh, you know, left much to, to be desired, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, to put it to put it to put it politely, you know, I think um these are these are pretty these are mistakes that you know you really shouldn't be making at this level of um at, at this level, you know, like if you if and, and I get I get people saying you know their injuries this that and the other, um but I I just don't feel like injuries like that should disrail you and you know sort of confuse um your tactics that much. If you look at Villarreal, um, one fourth got injured um, for our second leg. Um, Chukwesi got injured during the game um, in the, in that second leg as well. They slotted two guys in there. Um, Kapui out for the second leg. Kapui out for the second leg. They slotted two guys in there um, and they were able to, you know, perform to a reasonable level. Um, so I, I know that we were missing some big players, but a, a manager... Um, of this supposed caliber um, should be able to do better. Um, once we saw that draw, we all said, "Boom! That's that's the easiest route to the final that we could potentially get." You know, um, Emery's you know uh, Europa League hoodoo aside, we should be beating them. Um, and I think it's nothing short. Of, I said this. I don't know how many times I said this this season. You know, nothing short of a disgrace. You know, probably a record record number of times. Um, we're a record-breaking team this year, so a record-breaking uh, amount of disgraces. Just a we've, we've certainly been disgraced this season. Um, but yeah, that was quite depressing. I can't lie, lads. Going through those results, it was it was rather depressing. Um, I guess what we could do now is we can start talking more about individuals and um, you know uh, games and goals and all of that stuff. Not much to celebrate, mind you, but. Um, Let's start with uh, like the player of the year. Um, is it obvious just to say Bukayo Saka as the player of the year, or are there any other kind of like noteworthy shouts? Like, does someone like Emil Smith Rowe maybe have a shout? I, I think if ESI had been fit all season, he might have run in close because uh, he's been very, very good since his introduction. But it's hard to look past Saka, um, especially considering how many different positions he's been used. Um, how he's pretty much been burnt to a crisp. I read today that obviously out of any under-21 player in Europe, he's played the most minutes. So I, I do feel we have to be very, very careful with him. Um, it's brave, direct, taking risks, fantastic de- decision-making. Um, he's got a hell of a lot, a lot of assists this season. So I, I think he's been great. Um, shoots off well off the left foot and right foot. Obviously, finishing is probably the weakest aspect of his game that he will probably need to try and work on and improve going forward. But... I think he's shown great, great, great development this year. And I feel like, and I hope that we still continue to develop him in the, in the, the right wing position because for me, that's where he looks the most threatening. 
Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, before we do that, actually, um, I did want to just maybe just go through the team, go through the squad and just maybe a, a, assign like a, a a grade to that player, I guess. It could just be a quick thing where we just go through the main players and give them a grade of whether like they, uh, you know, underachieved or whether they played well this season. Um, we'll start with Bert Leno. Um, if we do it, say, out of like 10, what would you guys be giving Bert Leno out of 10 this season? Because for me, Five. I was going to go lower. What? Right. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go lower. I'm going to go. I'm going to say four out of ten because I think he's been shocking this season. Absolutely shocking. When I think about the amount of goals that he's been culpable for this season, across the, it's not, and it's not even like he's had runs of bad form. He, it's been all across the season. He's been, he's been poor. And um, it hasn't. He hasn't had like a run. Of, what what what's been Leno's great game this season? Can you think of many great games from Leno? Yeah, it's peak. Villarreal, uh, uh, um, Villarreal in the, the first leg, maybe. He's, he's made some match match winning saves or match saving saves, but he's overall he's yeah he's, he's been poor. He's been poor. So I can't say it's like yeah. So four out of ten is fair. Um, I'll, I'll give him a five. Um, but yeah, four out, four out of ten, I think he's pretty fair. He's, he's not been good. Dan, Sean, what about you guys? You won't catch me disagreeing too much here. Four, five, whatever. Yeah, yeah I, been... think I think his his men has been fried um, this season. You know, he's giving it the stick talk about you know I'm the number one. I've always been the number one. All of that stuff, um, and and it was it was bad. Yeah, oh no, yeah. To be fair, this comment leads away. Leeds um, away, yeah, but no, but have, wait, no, Leeds were just smashing the ball over the bar, like how, how many times? So I don't think he was. Yeah, I think it was poor, poor finishing more than more than great. Yeah, save, Rafinha but. had about twelve shots, and they all went thirty yards wide. Mm, yeah, I'm. But, I'm not. Not. not it's like fine, cool. Give him the Leeds game, but you know we're talking like a, maybe a handful of games this season where he's actually been good. Yeah. I think he's he's definitely someone who can't really hold their head head up too high this year, man. Mm-hmm. Um, David Louise, I give him a seven. For my money, our best centre back this season. No, I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a seven. That's a very reluctant seven from from Leroy, man. That's that's the most praise you've ever given, David. I don't like that, brother, man. I'm so <laughs> glad he's gone. Boy, I think he's been. I think he's been good for us this season. I, I think. I, I I think if um David Louise uh is fit for the um the last part of the season, I think we probably make the Europa League final. Um, I really do think that. I think he's that. As disgusting and as disgusting as it is, and as poor it is from the manager, I really think David Luiz is um, quite integral to the way we we want to play. And if you haven't got Xhaka in the team, um, having no David Luiz in the team as well is is uh, you know pretty disastrous, really. So um, yeah, I think I think David Luiz has been really good. Um, definitely better than last season, um, and it's probably one of the few players that Arteta has actually got. The best out of if if that is even you know 
yeah, enough praise. But yeah, what, what about uh, you, Sean and Dan? What, what do you think about David Luiz? Yeah, yeah, agree, agreed on both. I think he's been our best centre back this season. Um, seven out of ten. But all that uh, said, right time for him to go. Thank you very much to your contract. Uh, bring in Saliba now. Let's play him. Uh, what about Gabriel? Signed by um, signed from Lille in the summer. Started 22 games in the league this season. Were you guys expecting him to start a little bit more than he has done? Yeah, I, I was expecting him to start a little bit more. Um, I think Gabriel was in a situation where I love the signing and I love the talent, I love the player, I love the profile, but he might not have had the best season for several reasons. So that's why I'll give him probably a six. Um, but I still think that's a good signing and I would definitely sign him again if you ask me again back in summer because I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah, I like six. I think six yeah. is good. I was even going to say six and a half because uh, we signed him, but obviously we signed him not necessarily for what he is now, but it's for what he could be. It's the same with Silly, but you know what I mean? We signed him because of his profile, um, what he allows us to do as a team, you know, station the um, the backline a bit higher as well. There's been some gaffes, there's been some errors, but that's natural to be, I mean, 22 is very, very young for a centre-back, do you know what I mean? So he's still got a lot of development to go um, and I expect him to improve again next season, do you know what I mean? So hopefully there's more of a consistent partnership next season because there's been so much chopping and changing at, at the back line. I know Arteta likes to rotate a lot, but I feel like centre-back is one of those areas where you just want to have more of an establishment about partnership. You know who your best two are and they play 80 to 90% of games. Um, and obviously you rotate maybe out for cup competitions and stuff, but yeah, so I think he's been decent um, and I, I expect more to come from him next season. Yep. Um, Rob Holden. <sighs> Listen. Do you really give him a five? I give him because a five. Because if, if, I, if I look at just his performance right no matter what i think of the player I, I i think he's shit okay so if i think he's shit but i don't think he has performed to a shit level i actually think he's performed above his level this season he's actually in my eyes i think he's provided him he's um he, he he's given a season where he's put himself in in the shop window as a premier league defender i think he's added significant value to his name as well so for that reason I would actually give him a little bit higher than a five. I would say like 6.5 because it's not his fault he's shit. It's not his fault he plays for Arsenal. He's done well, things considering, by his by his standards, I believe. Yeah, he, he has, but do you know what it is? I can't be bothered to argue over him. Like he, by all accounts, by his level, he's probably done all right. Do you know what I mean? He's not been bad, but I feel like he hampers us both in terms of what he can and what he can't do and do you know what I mean what it stops us from being so um so yeah I'll give him a six but I'm just not like uh, if he's starting like another 30 games next season where we're just not making it out of the hood oh, if I'm being totally honest can you imagine yeah can you imagine um any any Leroy any any thoughts on the on the holding rating six I don't like talking about their players six <laughs> What about Pablo Marie? Pablo Marie for six, keep moving on. Same six. six. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have much. To, to be fair with Pablo Marie, yeah, I'm not as down on him as I was when we initially signed him. Like, as backup, I'm actually okay with him. Like, he doesn't yeah. stop us really from doing anything. So, 
I'm okay with him. Um, but I still don't, to be fair, actually, I saw a lot of shouts from people where they were saying that he was better than Gabriel, which yeah, I don't yeah, agree yeah. with. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. Like, where Pablo Murray is right now, that's his ceiling. He's not going to get any better. Fourth so, choice. Yeah, fourth choice centre back, fine. And another left centre back option, fine. But yeah, th- there's not a big deal of analysis needed. Six, keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Tierney. Eight. Eight. Said eight. Hi. Okay, I think he's why, been, why, why he's, been, he's been injured a lot, but when he's played, he's been cold. Like his impact on the team is undeniable. Yeah, he's been basically a, a one-man left wing. Like, yeah, offensively, defensively, he's not really got the run around. Um, he's just been injured. That's the only thing. Yeah, I think Trinity is absolutely cold. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's hard to argue against it. Like he's like in terms of how he transforms it, he basically owns that whole left flank. And like you can basically vacate that left flank and he'll dominate it himself. Like you said, the challenge is, and he even said it himself in an interview the other day. He said, because he plays every game at 150 miles an hour, he says, I know the way I play is going to make me pick up knocks. So Arteta needs to make sure that, boom, if you know Tierney is probably not going to play more than 30 games a season, then you need to have, you know what I mean, an adequate backup um, for him. So yeah, when he has played, he's had... For me, he's one of the best crossers in the league. Like, do you know what I mean? He should have double figures for assists. But because how many times in a game when Tini's playing do we say, brother, that's a sick cross. Why is nobody mm-hmm. on the end of it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So regularly, regularly. I even saw um, the Arsenal account they put because he finished third in our player of the season. They posted a video of him today. Like, you just see how many balls that he fizzes in a cross goal and he gets so pissed off with people. He's like, why is nobody mm-hmm. on the end of it? Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't blame him because he's doing exactly what you want from your left back. Um, so yeah, hopefully the conversion rate from his crosses will be a lot higher next season. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Um, Hector. Free. Wow, you think he's been that bad? Yeah. I don't don't think he's been good at all. I think he's been dreadful. Jesus. That's a shout for like one of the worst players this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, hundred times. I mean, to be fair, no one's going to be worse than William, but Hector's been bad. He's been bad. I can't can't wait for the William. Terrible. Yeah, I think three's even higher. I'm not going to lie to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dan doesn't like Bellerin, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I mean, he looks like he's on his way out, doesn't he? And um, from time, Callum Chambers comes in and, uh, you know, you know, he's not a natural right-back, Callum Chambers, or, you know, it's not the position that essentially we bought him for, but he's looked better out there than Bellerin. What would you guys give um, just Chambers? Make sure, just make sure Bellerin's replacement is not, it's privy to a bacon sandwich. Because like, <laughs> no. <laughs> In my spot, again, again, ever. Uh, what about if they're Muslim? Oh, like, as, long as, as, as long as they meet, yeah. It's cool. Even yeah. if, yeah. if you know I mean, if it's even if it's halal, it just needs to be someone who's strong and sturdy. You know, fair enough. Uh, what about Chambers? He he did quite well when he came into the team. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm still not too sure if he is the answer at right back, and I'm still not too sure if I like him at at right back. But he he definitely had a few good games there. Um, you know, West Ham, namely, was was a really good one for for him. What would you guys give his uh, season out of um, out of ten? Give him a six, five, six. 
I think I think it, the upsetting thing with Chambers, and I always come back to it, is that I just wish he was faster. Mm. Generally, because I really like him as a footballer. As a footballer, I think he's really, really good, actually. Um, and and it's funny because when you look at Callum Chambers, you don't look at him and think he's actually good at football. But, but no. he and um, but he just, he just can't run, and that really just hampers him like at, at the top top level. Um, he's probably going to get a new contract, I reckon, though. And as backup, I don't mind him. But yeah, obviously, we need the new first choice. Um, right back but I think he's done all right when he's played he's not had like any howlers really has he I don't think so maybe no, Villarreal, yeah, maybe Villarreal he wasn't mm. great in those games but I don't think he's been like when you looked at him you'd be like oh he's been bad do you know what I mean so um so yeah I'll, I'll give him I'll give him like a five and a half six out of ten I think he's been okay that's harsh yeah man. I could Sorry? I give him higher you give him higher yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give him a six chambers yeah, I, I'll give I'll give Chambers a seven to be honest. I think he's come in and he's done a job, a, quite a good job at, at, at right back. You know, um, I think there's been few and far bad games from him, and I think you know it's a big, it's probably a big miss that he didn't play um, the Villarreal games and Bellerin played those games instead. You know, so um, see, I give I give Holden a seven. I think um, considering where we expected him to. To be, I don't think many really even expected him to play that much this year. So, I think him coming in and and, and sort of making that right back spot his um, deserves some credit personally. Mm. I'm not going to talk about Cedric because that has just been fucking ridiculous. Um, Xhaka, interesting season, right? Seven and a half. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I actually like. I do, do you know it's it's weird, like because obviously I'm not his biggest fan, but at the same time, like I actually think this might actually be one of his best seasons at Arsenal. I was literally uh, just about to say that. Do you think it's strange that he looks to be out of the exit door when he's just had his probably his best season for us? But but, but to be fair, like one of the things that I, I've always thought Arsenal been bad at is you know recognizing the player's strengths and making sure you mitigate against his weaknesses, like. Him and Party on the whole is a decent partnership. Do you know what I mean? They both, I think, complement where each other's a bit weak. Um, so it's a shame, like, you know, I think we need to, obviously, I'm happy and I think we need to upgrade anyway. So, but I feel like if you were going to give the keys to Jack to and let him have the midfield per se, you need, like, that sort of prototype next to him who's going to, you know, do a lot of the legwork for him because for Switzerland, he has... Um, Dennis Sicario, basically, who does all the legwork for him and just passes in the ball, and, and it works, and Jacques is never exposed. And this is probably, apart from his two brain fart moments against Burnley this season, generally, like, he's, he's not been, you know, there's been less of those moments where you're ripping your hair out and you just think, like, and that's partly maybe where you give Arteta a bit of credit because he's put Jacques in positions where he's unlikely to be exposed, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I think obviously it's the right time to upgrade. Anyway, we need we need new profiles in the midfield. But generally, I can't I can't actually speak that badly of him this season. I think he's been good. So yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, I agree. I think he has been good. Uh, um, and, and we pro- we definitely missed him towards the end of the season as well. Um, Thomas Partey. Weird season, right? Very very weird season. Not helped by the fact that you know he came in late. He be he just been so stop start he's only started 18 games this season which is kind of crazy that he's only started one more game than Sabayas has and you know it doesn't feel like Sabayas actually started that many league games um but he's only started one more game than Sabayas one more game than David Luiz um w- one more game than uh, two more games than Willian started so yeah he hasn't started that much but and he's he's had a bit of a stop start season but overall I would say 
I'm a little bit disappointed in Partey. I can't lie to you. And this is, I, I really love the player. I think the player is really, really good. Um, and I think he's going to be great for us. But there's some games I just don't understand what he's doing. You know, kicking the ball off the pitch, shooting in, uh, out of the ground. I don't, I don't understand what is going on. And he seems to do this thing where, like, how many times does he want to kick the ball off the pitch again? That is really frustrating to me because if it was Xhaka doing that, we'd all scream bloody murder. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's just been a bit disappointing to me. And and his good games are so clearly very, very good. And I think he had quite a few decent games towards the end of the season as well. Um, but his bad games are smelly. Absolutely stinking. So what are you guys saying about Partey? I'm going 5.5. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 give him a six, but yeah, I I I take your point. I think he's been there's been a lot of disparity in terms of his performances. Like some, you know, like where you look at the whole Trafford stuff and where he was like ten out of ten, but it's been somewhere, you know, yeah, he's been he's been very lax and casual in his passing, um, which which has been a bit of a disappointment. Maybe I think it, it's hard to know how much stock to put into it because he hasn't been fully fit a lot of the season. Um, he didn't obviously have any preseason either, so. Um, I expect him to be better next year, especially with the fact we're only playing one game a week. So I'd, I'd, I feel I think I think he'll be a lot better for it as well. So um, yeah, I'm, I'll give him like a five and a half, six, but I'm not really that worried if I'm to be totally honest. Yeah, Leroy Dan. Yeah, I think I think a five slash six is is probably fair. Um, you know, I, I think he, he he struggled with his fitness. New league, no preseason, all of that stuff. Excuses, excuses. But um, I think he's probably a victim of our lack of structure in midfield. Um, I think his best games came when he had, you know, a good midfield partner, um, uh, and 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 not when he when he played alongside um, certain guys who um, I won't name um, again. But um, I think I think generally. Though um, it's mainly been a fitness thing uh, for him, and um, you know, hopefully next year with the preseason, he's not you know going anywhere um, to to play international football this this summer. Um, so he should get the full the full whack of that preseason. Um, he gets someone alongside him who can run, um, so he's not left in no man's land all the time. Um, then, then we might see a better version, better version of Partey, man. So more to come. But yeah, I'll, I'll agree with a five point five, maybe even a five. To be honest, um, Leroy, what about you? Uh, I'm giving him a six. Um, now, I do feel like yeah, he's had some bad games, but I feel like he's had a he's had a proper scrutiny, and a lot of people I think are overdoing it because he's had some shockers and he's had some like public type disaster classes, and he's had some real good games as well. But I feel like a lot of his games have been in the middle. And when they are in the middle, even though he's not setting the world alight, he's doing some very, very important stuff for our team in terms of progression of play. And I feel like what he's doing is normal for party. But if you look at that compared to other players, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's difficult to do. So I feel like even the games he hasn't been wow, wow, he's had such a good impact that I feel that that's been underrated or overlooked at times. So um, that's the reason I'm going to give him a six, because even though he probably performed below the level that we expect of him, I still think he was a massive contributor. And when he was in that midfield, more often than not, we were a lot better than when he wasn't in that midfield. Mm. 
Fair enough. Um, El Nenny? Five. El Nenny is what El Nenny is. Yeah, he's such an odd player, man, because he doesn't do anything. But then occasionally he'll just bang one in from 30 yards. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, keep it moving. I'm not commenting on on any man. <laughs> uh, what about um? Well, we we'll skip some hours. Uh, what about? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, sorry, I'm sorry, bro. He gets a two, bro. <laughs> he gets a two. I'll give the bars a four. A four. A four. Uh, yeah, because you know what, Sabias, I don't think he's been that bad. I think he's had some bad moments and some bad games. Yeah, and I'm sorry, those, those those bad moments take him down, bro. That Benfica thing, the Villarreal, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm taking him down for those ones. But this anyway. guy was playing against us this season, man. <laughs> I think you guys over-exaggerate the criticism personally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Sabias a six. Six. Yeah, you are, yeah. You are so nice. Giving him a high rating that he gave party. Yeah, because it's based on expectation, right? So like, that's Yeah, so I expected a lot from party. He didn't really perform to the level that I expected of. Yeah, fine. Spurs had a bit of a poor season, but I'm also going to factor in. I'm also going to factor in his post-lockdown form into this rating. Oh, you know what I mean? So, last season's form, yeah? I'm yeah, not gonna so I think we need to take it all into consideration. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that whole statement is just racist. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, you're you're taking a piece. Move on, move on, move on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, uh, it's six. I think I think that's a fair rating, man. I think that's fair because he got what three assists, more than Partey. Oh you know, my god, I can't believe he's doing this. You, you are a nasty guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, what about Martin Odegaard? Six for me. Four for me. No, I knew you were going to do that. No, no. I think. I think six. Actually, I'm even going to six and a half. Six and a half. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to give him a five, man. I think he's been a steady, steady, steady guy. He came in, he he helped a little bit, but didn't quite do enough, I think. So, Odegaard is such a weird one because I feel like, I feel like if we played him as a pure 10 with two like high octane centre mids behind him, I feel like he could do a lot of damage. I don't feel we saw anywhere near to his actual top level um, apart from the West Ham game, um, I actually thought it was good in the derby against Spurs as well. But I feel I feel like there's a lot more to come from him. My actually main issue is that because he's so um, centered to one space, that's kind of my issue with him. Just you know that lack of um, dynamism, and also he operates in the space that Saka likes to cut into. So it's it's naturally it's, it's quite obviously it's interesting that he's not given like Saka a single assist or you know they've not combined a lot so I don't think they have that sort of same relationship that you know Saka has with ESR for example which is um, a lot more complementary in terms of how they link up so that would probably be the reason why I, why I wouldn't sign him if I'm to be totally honest with you. Hmm. Oh so you wouldn't sign him Sean? No I like him I like him but mm. I feel like I don't I would yeah I wouldn't sign him I wouldn't sign him. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, just taking notes, mate. I'm just taking I've got, notes. I've got my receipts ready, innit? I've got my receipts. Because set, 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 set man, we're talking about 70 million. 
few months no, ago. No. That that was German Dan, not me. German Dan said he would play seventy. <laughs> not me, not me. I never said that. German Dan like... is the most un-German person with a wallet. <laughs> he he like I don't know what it is. He don't he don't shop at Hugo Boss, does he? Eh? No, the Nigerian side of him comes out because he starts talking mad prices. Like, pay it, man. Pay it, man. Wages as well. Talking about Bertang and wages and that. Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know Man. what that was all about. Well, he needs to get back to his German roots and many pounds look after themselves. Leroy, what do you think about Odegaard? What, what are you getting? I give Odegaard a six. I feel like um, after, before the injury, we saw a pretty good Odegaard and we were all quite excited. After the injury, it took him a while to find his rhythm again. I mean, he was a little bit mediocre in that period, but I've seen enough quality in the player. I would 100% sign him. Um, wouldn't For he? how much? Um, I'll sign him anything up to 50 mil. Um, I think he's worth that um, at his age um, and with his ability level. Um, and I feel like he'll be a super player for us. I think he'll be fantastic. The only thing that's making me a little doubtful is the fact that we have Emil smith at home. And is that going to stifle his development in his key position? Um, spending that much money, maybe it would be better to get a more versatile player. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that's what I would probably do. Um, what do you think, Dan, about um, Odegaard? I don't know. Like, I, I think... The price is like, I've been on record for this, right? Like even before, um, you know, the injury and stuff, I feel like the price is being quoted or just a bit too high um, for for my taste. Like I think in terms of what he brings to the table, um, I'm not sure he's exactly what we need. Um, I feel like we need someone with a bit more oomph, a bit more power, a bit more goal potential. Um in there, I do understand that he's like a highly creative player, but I want someone who can bring that creativity and chip in with you know eight to ten goals um, themselves, who will make that run in beyond a striker um, at, at, at some points as well. So he, he doesn't really float my boat in terms of you know what I think the team needs. I think as a, a player by himself, if I was you know a team like Man City, where I think they can probably afford those types of, you know, luxury players is the way I see him. Um, then, you know, by all means, yeah, go go ahead and spend 50 mil on him because um, he's a nice piece to have. But I'm not quite sure that we're, um, we're quite there yet. If this was, you know, the, the Arsenal teams of old where, you know, we got the Wazitskis, we got the Nazris, the Klebs and, you know, all of these men um, knocking about, then, yeah, I think he'd fit right in. But I think in terms of where we are now, um, I think we need some. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply.
See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. In a little bit different in that position. You're on mute, Liz. My bad. Sorry, guys. Um, I said, uh, what about Emil Smith-Rowe? Eight and a half. Oh, this is a propaganda machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know me from from from, from there. I was, let me not even lie. I was even going to say higher, but I said, let me let me, let me relax. So I say, I say 8.5. And I don't think, I think it explains itself. Um, basically played half a season, four goals, seven assists, decent return statistically. Um, I think he brings a layer of dynamism. What did the other guy have? Uh, definitely two but yeah, no, I, I, I feel like Lewis but, knows what Odegaard has because he quotes it every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not two and two, by the way. It's one and two. Now he got two goals. He scored two all goals. Comps, all comps. Oh, all comps. I was yeah. sorry, you guys are putting the all comps in, are you? But no, I, I think um, now I, I, I think he's been great. Just generally, um, I think he's been a breath of fresh air. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to do what he's done. Um, I think he's com- I think he does a lot of good stuff. He's a very dynamic player, combines well in short spaces, but can carry the ball well upfield. Um, he's got a very good shot on him, and I think people will see that in time as well. Um, and I think he get you know he, he gets into the box well as well. So I expect to see that goal tally increase next season for him as well. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just happy just generally one that he got his chance, and two like he, he's actually you know showed what he can do and I, I think he, we're only we're only scratching the surface as well. So I think um yeah I think he's been a great revelation for us this season. In mm. a bad, bad season. So yeah. Yeah, I like I like eight. I think I'm gonna go with eight. Yeah, I'll go with eight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Eight's around. Eight's around. Uh Bakayo Saka. Nine. Starboy. Yeah, nine. Even even though he's done that the last 15 games, I'm giving him a nine. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, what well, are you going to give him a nine, even though yeah, he's absolutely shocking for, <laughs> for a while? But... I, 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 think he, I think he's tired, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just played bare football. And that's why, even though I'm happy he's gone Euros, I wouldn't have been upset if he didn't go Euros, because Loki, mm. I, I, Loki, I think he needs a rest anyway. Because yeah, yeah. what you're going to bear in mind now, he's going to go Euros and play, and then he's going to have, like, a slow, probably a slow start to next season. Um, just because obviously he's going to come. Do you back think he's going to play much? Though? Do you think he's going to play much the Euros? We'll see. I'd, I'd, well, the, one of the things I'm quite happy about is that he wasn't taken as a defender because I think a lot of people thought he would be like because you know England took Chilwell and Shaw, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and he was and on the list he was listed as an attacker in it and he played in one of the front four positions today. So mm-hmm. he probably I, 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 it depends what his first goal as well. Probably his first goal. Um, so, but I think Rashford and Sterling. I think we'll see how how they come back from their injuries. Sancho available, so he, he might not actually play that much, and I won't mm-hmm. care too too tough to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think nine is good, um, simply because of you know, and I, 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 and what I'm doing with that as well is I'm like factoring in my expectation of the player. You know, I didn't think he could really do it as a as a forward, so I'm factoring that into my rating as well because he has exceeded everything that I thought he would do um and yeah man i just can't complain i think we've got a real gem on our hands and hopefully you know if he can work on his finishing 
He could we you know he 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 is someone I think should be pushing double digits next season for goals because he gets and himself into and, and assists. He gets himself into really good positions. Um, so yeah, I think I, I really think he 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 can if he can work on that side of his game. Maybe we could have a goal scorer on our hands there. Um, did everyone give their rating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. agree. No, no. Carry the team on his back for half. Yeah, back is hurting. Back is hurting. Um, all right, Willian. Fuck you yeah, now. Minus oh, minus ten. Fuck. He's, he's not. He's not even getting a score. But if if I have to give him a score, yeah, zero. Zero. Worse. I mean, what's, have we have we had a worse signing than Willian? Uh, he's he's pound for pound. He's got to be. He's got to be one of the one the worst signing. Even Generally. having a pound with zero pounds, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because I think, because I think it's, it comes with the, uh, yeah, fine. You can you can look at someone like Pepe, and say, yeah, seventy million has been an absolute disaster. You know, off, but, but yeah, it's at least he has done something. At least he has mm. scored goals. You know, what's Pepe got this season? Fifteen goals or whatever, seventeen goals or whatever it is. Mm. What's William done, bro? We had to wait until the end of the season for him to score his first goal. And he's just put up like. And I think oh. the whole the whole impact of him, you know, on the team, yeah, on 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 on, on results, everything, on the energy, on the fans, like it was just nothing, like literally a net, like complete negative from the from almost minute one. Yeah, we say we say uh, post ESR coming into the team, but it practically is post Willian coming out of the team as well. It's as much of that mm. as it is ESR. You know, and Jesus Christ, yeah, I'm glad he's going as well. He's definitely going, right? Well, that's how according to reports, yeah. You don't know, uh, he's, he's sitting on a nice, nice. Um, but I think also because his best friend is cutting, he just there's no reason for him to yeah. stay. Here. No one, no, no one likes him, so so he's gonna. Oh, there's, there's and, and, and the thing is, I don't, I don't even care about not getting him a fee. I don't care about any fee. Just go, just go, yeah. like well, just just whatever. Just go get your wages. I'll off, even just go. pay you off your contract, mate. Just, <laughs> There's 200,000 reasons for him to stay. Every yeah, day. yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. Lot, a lot of reasons. Well, we've got to give him 200,000 reasons to leave. So. <laughs> um, okay, Pepe. Let's, we spoke a little bit about Pepe there. I'm going to give Pepe a seven and a half. Because what? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I am, I am, I am. Because I think whenever he has played, yeah, he has done something. Keep going, Liz. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, 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 ten goals, one assist in sixteen starts in the league. Whew. I think keep, if keep anyone, going. if anyone put up those numbers this season, you would be given the minimum more, seven. More, goal, more, more goals than Sterling and Morris and then yes. my head so, is hot. My head yeah, is hot. Yeah. You got <laughs> you, you got getting fooled by a little clutch one where he scored four in two games. When when everything's off the table, when nothing matters, don't worry about it. Okay, we're scoring in the Europa League as well. I couldn't care less about the Europa League. We were playing farmers in the Europa League. Uh, no, 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 we weren't playing farmers in the Europa League. Scored scored, in Europa League. No, 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 because he scored against because players that you rate who play for Leicester, yeah, got absolutely slapped about by Slavia Prague. Going, keep yeah, going, and he keep scored going. against them. <laughs> you know, Pepe gets, um, gets a four for me, huh? It gets a four for me. You're, you're so nasty. You're that, 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 that's you worse than Master Vice one. That's worse than Master Vice one. That's worse than Master one. I actually got everyone in here to admit he was crap this season because he was that bad. But he has a little problem patch where he scores, like I say, four in two games to stat pad when the season is done and everything's finished and everyone starts talking about stats. 
It's he didn't get played. He didn't get played. He has been terrible. He didn't get played. And every time, I even used to tweet it, every time Pepper used to come on, all you lot were calling for him, and he'd stink it out. I'm like, are you not ashamed? Are you all not ashamed of yourselves? Because he used to stink. Next season, my boys. Next season, my boys hitting twenty goals. Book it. Hey, Libro, book it. Next season, yeah. twenty goals. Yeah. So 20 goals, I, I to, you all want to lose some money again? <laughs> who wants? Go on, Dan. Dan. Go on, Dan. Yeah, we need to make it. We need to. The thing is, I need to. Do, I need to make it an all comps thing now, yeah. But we're not nah. in the Europe anymore, so he can't even. He can't even snap. He can't even snap pad. Do you know what? <laughs> that, that, do you know what? Twenty in all comps is a. Nah, nah, he ain't getting twenty because we, we aren't in enough competitions. He ain't getting twenty. Yeah, that, Lewis, you ruined it for me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> nah, nah, yeah I can't. I can't. I can't. But anyway, I'll bet you. Who's talking spicy about twenty goals? Because I'm. I'm looking to win some money. So no, I forgot we are in the Europa League. I forgot we're not in the yeah, Europa League. Nah, if we're in Europa, you will get 20 next season, I'm telling you. Well, we're not in Europa, clearly. I'll make it back with you. I'll tell probably Sam Buendi I'm playing right wing in it. So yeah. Yeah. I'll make a bet with you. Yeah. He's going to score more goals than he did this season in the league. How many get in the league? 10? 10. That's a decent bet. So 11 plus next season. No, uh, no, no, that's not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not strong enough. Yet. That means you're backing him, then, Leroy. You know, I'm not backing him. him. I'm not backing him because, he, bruv, this is what he'll do when the when the season's done and we're out of the top four by what February, October. When the games don't matter, he'll score what three a hat trick and another two goals in the end, and to mask another stinking season. And all of you are disgraceful. I actually think you, you, you make me sick. All of you make me sick. All right, Leroy. Leroy, what 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 bet would you take? Um, because we're obviously in the FA Cup and all that. I'd take um fifteen goals all comps. And we're in the League Cup, FA Cup. Liz, I'll take it. You know, I think I think. Well, go on, take it then. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't want me to take food out of his young son's mouth. Because I will, you know what? I'll take a few pounds, I'll buy her off, I'll come to her, I'll keep it in front of your stomach. Sean's like, Yeah, Lewis, I'll take it, you know. I'll take it, you know. I'm like, Go on, then take it yourself, then. Like, no, no, no. Listen, I've got bigger priorities. Gambling other people's money, you know. Yeah, yeah. Quiet, cause I took his money this season. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, that, I can't talk shit this season. We'll, 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 we'll revisit this, Leroy. We'll revisit this. Hey, like l- listen, all right, I went on record. They've all pussied out of that bet, yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in summer. Let's yeah, see what happens. I would have taken. I would have taken the all comps with you if we were in Europa League. I would have said 20 all comps, 100%. I would have said 20 all comps. But I don't know if he's going to play in the League Cup. And I don't. we might get bounced out in the third round of the FA Cup. And, like... I, I, I will, I will, I will, let me say this, yeah. I will do a Pepe bet, yeah, once the transfer window is closed. Yeah, same. I, I, was, I was actually going to say that to Leroy. Let me just see who we recruit first, and then that will determine what right, I, I right, do right, with right. you. We'll put it on the back if, right You still put yeah. it up. I offered you 11 plus, Leroy, and you didn't want to take it. I revisit this on a later pod. <laughs> right, cool. So what, Leroy is saying four, I'm saying seven and a half. Sean, Dan? Yeah, yeah, seven, seven. I'll give seven. him a seven, yeah, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. Oh, you're... Oh, you're... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what? They're going to listen to this and they're going to lose their mind. 
<laughs> let them lose their bad. I don't care. Let them, let them. I've, I've got smoke for them as well. Well, mm. apart from Chelsea, but yeah. Did well, Pepe get more goal, uh, goals than Greenwood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and one, what, one, one, one more less than Rashford. Yeah. Right, saying that, and saying that, <laughs> we're, we're cooking over here. We're cooking. We're cooking. cooking yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. What about Martinelli? Like, bit of a frustrating season for him because minutes wise, five hundred and eighty nine minutes in the league. Um, seven starts in in the Premier League. Uh, I don't know how much overall. Let me have a look. All comps. Um, all comps. Ooh, where has he gone? Where have you gone, lad? Anyway, uh, Martinelli, where are you? Uh, he, he he gets a he gets a five from me still. Hmm. A five. Partly because obviously he just hasn't played that much, so I can't really give mm. him like a high rating. But to be totally honest, I this is going to be unpopular. Like I'm just not that big on him. I have to be totally honest with you. I'm not mm. that big on Martinelli. I'm just not like. I think a, a lot of people like I love his effervescence, like his enthusiasm, the fact he runs till it hurts. But I just I'm not convinced by the quality. I have to be totally honest with you. I'm just mm. not like, I just, I, I don't like, his all-round game just doesn't do enough for me. Like, I can't lie to you. It Especially when he's played as a left winger, he just doesn't do enough for me. Like, mm. I'm more infused by what I've seen of Balogun. I have to be totally honest with you. And obviously Balogun hasn't even played like any league minutes for us. But I have more confidence in that. I just, maybe I'm, and listen, I'm open to being proven, proven wrong. Saka shut me up completely. So, like I might be sitting here in a year's time and saying I was completely wrong about Martinelli, but I've got a big data set on what I've seen so far. What I really liked of Martinelli was when I saw him play as a striker under Emery. All the other times, I've mm -hmm. just not been that massively well by him. I have to be totally honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sean's being a bit harsh to this, and, and I'm probably, I probably feel the opposite to Sean. I'm very high up on Martinelli wherever he plays. Um, to be to be honest, I think you know the way that he plays. It's not particularly going to be always, you know, nice on the eye. But I think he's got big impact on on the game always. You know, whether he's up front, whether he's on the left, and I don't think you can you can really coach that um, too much. So you know, I think there was in the, in the TG group chat and stuff. There was that talk oh, they don't like him on the left, this that and the other. But I think you know this season in the short times that he has played, I think he's put in two different type of performances um, from the left. I think um, against Newcastle, he was very much like the creative spark in the team. I think he created um, the most chances on the pitch. Um, and then I can't remember whether it was Fulham or whether it was someone else. Um, maybe it was Crystal Palace or something where he scored. Um, he was very much the guy that was taking all the shots and being on the end of chances as well. And all of that was from the left. Um, and this season when he's played up front, I don't think we've seen the same sort of dynamism um, that he showed under Emery. Maybe that's, you know, inherent and inherent on the, the system that we played because, you know, our strikers don't really get a lot of chances. But, you know, I think next season we're going to see a very, very good player, um, whether he's played on the left or up front, I think you know it, it, if he gets a lot of minutes, then you know he can really explode next year. Nero, what about you? Um, I, I don't want to take too much time, but I echo everything that basically Sean just said. So I've, I've said in the touchy Gooders group chat. So I've been a self-confessed Martinelli stand for a while. In terms of, but I've always said that I maintain that I wasn't excited about what I've seen, and more excited about his potential. Um, and I saw that potential in the same way. 
when he was playing out front for Emery, uh, out front for Emery. Out wide, I just don't think he has the ball handling ability, the technical skill set. He's very loose. He's quite, um, yeah. It's just, it's just not got the all-round quality that I like. Up front, I thought that that would sort of um, highlight his good points in terms of um, his tenacity, his, his um, instinctiveness around the box, his finishing, etc. Um, well, maybe not finishing, but um, his ability to have shots, I should say, rather than actual finishing. But and, and hide his bad points, which is his ball handling, his technical ability, etc. But when I watched him up front, he's clearly doesn't really know how to play the position. I mean, maybe may a factor that we don't create much in terms of chances, but he doesn't look like he has to. He knows how to play the position, so I, I want to see him developed in that position, and then I think he could have a, a potential for us. On the left, I really don't think he's got the ability to it for it. I mean, I think if we got a big off for him, I, I would definitely sell him. So I'm not, I'm a bit concerned about Martinelli in terms of development because I still think there could be a world class player in there if he's developed correctly. But I don't trust us to do that, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about Martinelli, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. Mm. I'll, I'll give him a five. I hear the reservations, but at the same time, I do feel like when he has played, he has been influ- he has been influential. It might not be in the manner that everyone might like, um, and it might not be the most aesthetically pleasing. But you know, I can the games he has played, I feel like he's created chances. He's been a goal for it. Um, you know, out of all our attackers on the pitch, he seems to get when he is on the pitch, he seems to get the most chances, the most shots on goal. I, and he's still only 19, so I, I, I do hear what you're saying. But at the same time, I feel like when he is playing, which isn't often, what's he started this season? About eight games in total, all comps all season, eight games. It's fucking ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous, you know, for, for a 19-year-old who should be, you know, he should be getting at least Pepe minutes. Do you know what I mean? He should, he should be getting those kind of minutes on, on, on the field. So for him to not get those minutes, I think is just even worse management. That's one of the one of the poorest pieces of management this season from Arteta has been a, a lot in a long list of things, mind you. But yeah, his management of Martelli, I think, has been shocking personally, um, and that would be my main reason of worry. Uh, it's just the amount of minutes he gets and his development on, on, on that from that perspective. But I think when if he plays, I think he's going to score goals and he's going to create goals. Uh, it just not, it's not going to be in the, in, in the style that you may like. That's, the, that's, that's what I think. Um, Lacazette, highest goal scoring return since joining the club, I believe. Yeah, I haven't so seen right. him for a while, so I feel like maybe um, we might... I feel like that, that that whole recency bias might kick in a little bit in 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 the flip side, where because we haven't seen him for a while, maybe we're gonna forget maybe that he's had a semi decent season. I think he's been okay. Like, I'm not I'm not like massively wowed. Like this is still like do you know what I mean? His best goal scoring season, and he's still in all his four seasons here. He hasn't hit twenty goals once, which I think is absolutely abhorrent. So um, I think he's done some decent stuff this season, but. It's just nothing to write home about, and especially when you spend fifty-two million on him. I just want to sell him, us to sell him ASAP. So, I could give him, so in isolation, I could give him a seven for this season. He's been all right, but um, yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about him. To be fair, like, I just I don't really care too tough about him. Like, I, honestly, he's he's one of the for me. Like you know, I think he's just been another underwhelming signing. 
yeah. you know, I wouldn't even overall, I wouldn't even put him, I'd maybe just put him about par. But yeah. are you going to be happy with about par when you paid 52 million for someone? No. And then because you weren't impressed by him, you went and bought another striker six months later for 60 million. And that's pretty much ruined the whole balance of Arsenal for the last three years because we've had to find some way to fit both of them in the team mm-hmm. because we've spent over 100 million on both of them. So we've had to justify the spending. And that's been to our detriment because nobody wants to see up on the left. But anyway, debate for another day. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think because I've seen Lacazette for so long now, um, I, I was almost impressed with his goal scoring return this season. And that's really sad to say um, because, you know, for 52 million, we should expect more. But given the player of the years, um, yeah, I'm going to give him a six and a half. Uh, Dan Nero, what do you think? Um, I'm going to give him a, a six because it's, I just, even though he's been, he's been, he's had some good runs, but he's had some poor runs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just, I, I hate, man, I actually go on. Let me not be harsh. He's had, a, he's had a decent season. I'll give him a seven. No, that, I'll do. I don't really want to talk about <laughs> get him out of the club. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm going to give him a six point five. To be honest, um, I think he's 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 he scored something like three penalties as well this year. Yeah. So ten ten non ten non pen goals in the league. Yeah, I, I just I can't really you know look at that as a good season you know, for mm. for Lacazette personally. Um, just twenty two starts though, but then it's still not even one and two really, is it? Yeah, and he's not been one. In, he's not been one in two in his whole time here. So yeah, I guess if you're including the pens, it is better than one in two. It's a decent return. Thirteen and twenty-two starts. That's not bad, is it? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'll be second um, if they if they extend him a year and they don't get rid of him this summer. To be honest, I mm. think you know enough is enough now, really. Uh, and then to end it with Abamyang, um, are you guys worried? Because no, I'm not. I don't think he's lost any of his agility as his goal showed against Newcastle. I just don't think we've created any chances as a team, and that's that's mm-hmm. not down to him. He's not going to contribute anything to our overall play. Um, I still give him a five because I just don't think he's he's on the whole he's not been great. But I think the problems are much wider than him rather than it being specifically being him. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a five, but I don't I don't think. I think there's a, there's a much wider discussion to be had here around what, what you want from your centre-forward or how you want to build. Because if now all of a sudden you're putting a load of requirements of what you want from your centre-forward, the debate then comes, well, why did you give him a new contract if you knew this is what you wanted from your centre-forward? Do you know what I mean? So you gave him like a massive new deal, but then you're not building around him. So do you know what I mean? And that's a question for the coach. But um, that's, yeah, again, that's a debate we can have on our squad building, team building, whatever. But yeah, um, but yeah I'll, I'll give him a five overall. I do think it's it's, um, two goals in his last 12 games as a striker. No, it's poor. It's poor, don't get me wrong. But at at the same time, how many chances have have we been creating in those games? But how much is that down to him? This is... But this, this is someone who scored, do you know what I mean, who hasn't had less than 20 goals in like the last like six, seven seasons, do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden he's had... um, a massive dip but then also you need to factor in mind that we've overall just generally been a very low scoring team under Arteta as a whole so I don't put that down to just him per se so I'm sure you could probably attribute some blame to him but I just I I think you know when we've spoken about our lack of creativity our lack of you know pamming teams properly with a lot of shots and chances um, 
then I, I don't think that's, that's solely down to him. Mm. I'm a little bit worried, I can't lie. It's the first time I've been worried about Aubameyang because I almost expect him to go up front and score goals. I think his excuse before was, oh, he's playing left wing. You know, how do you expect him to produce from out there? He's playing up front now and I still don't feel like he's getting a sniff really. Like if I look at his last, what, four, since the Newcastle game, Villarreal, yeah, I mean, what he had a, a couple decent chances where you know, our best chances, um, but they were half chances. Chelsea didn't get a sniff. Palace, I don't really remember, to be honest. Um, and Brighton, I don't remember him having a, a single chance, really. I'm I'm a little bit worried. I can't lie to you. Um, I can't I can't knock it. I can't shake it. Dan? I feel, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, I do think, you know, we have to take into consideration the fact that, you know, I don't think he was all there physically. Um, with malaria, I think he said in the interview he lost something like 4kg um, in a short amount of time. So I think, you know, that sort of physical aspect is a big part of his game for him to, you know, sort of uh, create that that little bit of space between him and defenders. I don't think he was particularly moving right. I do think, you know, um, he's still the same player. Um, if we create chances for him, I think he'll bag... Um, he's always been a sort of one goal from three chances type of guy um, rather than a one-in-one um, where, you know, someone like Harry Kane might be uh, that he gives him a half chance and it's in the back of the net. I don't really think Aubameyang's that type of striker. I think he's closer to Mo Salah, you know, and he scores through volume. So when we're a team that's not creating bags and bags of chances, not really creating any chances... Um, in the team at all, then someone like him is going to suffer. Um, so I think, you know, that's a big area of concern for us. We need to start making um, more chances if Aubameyang is going to be our striker. Otherwise, you know, we're probably going to have to look for someone um, who is more clinical. And I'm not sure um, there's that many people um, around, to be honest. Three out of ten for me, by the way. Three. Yeah, I'll probably give him a three as well. Yeah, for, for, for what he is and what he should be doing. Yeah, and even under extenuating circumstances, you have to get like a three and a half or a four. Did, are you worried, Leroy? Nah. Not in the you, think, you think you get the quality and we and yeah, yeah, goals yeah. again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Like, I could easily see a man getting 25 goals next season. Mm. All right. Um, in that case, I think. Um, Let's wrap this up because it's almost midnight. I'm fucking shattered. It's boiling hot. I'm just like, can't function. Um, so, yeah, look, guys, let's let's call it a day there. That's our season review. We're going to do a team building uh, pod on Patreon. So um, if you are this far into the pod, well done. Um, but, uh, yeah, follow, subscribe to our Patreon. We'll have the team building uh, episode for you this week as well. So take it easy, guys, and we'll, we'll see you uh, next week or on the Patreon. Right.
could have had that fight. But I'm in walk on sight. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a oh, good energy. Man, you're gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's a good person. It's a good person. That's foul. That's the response of Arsenal. Don't cross the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Whatever you know when man's inside. Chelsea. Simply. Sports Social Podcast Network.